We ain't sleeping till Hollywood, Hollywood. We ain't sleeping. All right, everybody. So welcome back to another episode of No Sleep Till Hollywood. It's your girl, Galen. It's your boy, Caleb. If you are listening to this episode, and if today is March 15th, it's okay if you listen to it afterwards, but if today is March 15th and you are listening to this episode, then we are here for a very special day. Today is the day that my dear friend Caleb was born. It is his birthday today. Um, so yes, we're going to first celebrate his birthday. We're going to talk about some birthday episodes, but of course, happy birthday, Caleb. Thank I would you. sing, but I won't because I, I want our, our listeners to like me. So I won't That's sing totally today. Okay. Just know that I love you and appreciate you. And I'm singing you happy birthday in my head. Thank you. I appreciate it. I feel the love. And of course, for those of you who have not listened to our podcast yet, and if you already have, and you already know what I'm about to say, we're not sleeping until we make it in Hollywood. And while we're up, we will be discussing the state of the industry and our place in it. So that is what No Sleep Till Hollywood is all about. I believe we are discussing favorite birthday episodes on TV. Yes, yes, yes. I love birthday episodes on TV. I think they're always fun. Like even if they don't advance the plot, even if all it is like glitter and confetti, I always love a good birthday episode. So with that, I'm going to get into one of my favorite birthday episodes. I'm actually going to use the one I just thought about and I'm going to replace something that I have on my list. But one of my favorite mm -hmm. birthday episodes, the Proud Family episode where Penny and La Cienega are throwing parties on the same night and they live across the street from each other oh. and everyone's at La Cienega's party. Right. I don't know why I didn't think of that episode, but it's such a good episode. I mean, The Proud Family, of course, a show that we all, I mean, not we all, I know that I grew up on that show. It mattered a lot to me. It was one of my favorite cartoons. To this day, it is one of my favorite cartoons. I still watch it sometimes uh, in my free time and things like that. But I just really love that episode because I just remember the bulk of the episode was Penny being upset. All these people weren't at her party, but her family was there and her family loved her. And the people that did show up for her, like the little boy, the dancer boy, Michael or something like that. But there were people that showed up for her even though she didn't, they weren't the people that she wanted to be there. There were still a lot of people that did show up for her and that did love her. And that episode, like more than just being about like a birthday was about her, like learning to acknowledge the people that are in front of you, that love you, that care about you, that do show up. I also think if I'm not tripping, like, was that the episode that somebody came and sang because they had the song? Wasn't that you'll never find? Dun, dun, dun. Oh no, don't ask me. I feel like that was that episode. We're going to get a fact check on that because I'm not 100% sure. I'm about to look it up now. I just really feel like that was that episode. Caleb, go ahead and talk about one of your shows. I'm about to look this up. Okay. Uh, it's funny because it is a show that, you know, some people did grow up on. Not only is it something that some people grew up on, but it was also a cartoon. The show I'm going to mention, Fairly Odd Parents. And the birthday episode I'm referring to, now also disclaimer, 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 disclaimer. I am talking surely from memory. So if anything I say is inaccurate, if this is a fever dream, I do know the episode exists. I do know that much. But fever I'm not dream, this up completely. shall you say? Yeah. So in this birthday episode in The Fairly Odd Parents, the character, as you may not guess, was Crocker. They went back to his childhood. And also, 
Crocker's uh, birthday. <laughs> Not to both say anything. It was also March 15th. This is why the episode stuck with me. <laughs> it was his origin story. Because when he was a kid, he had godparents that were, you know, fairly. And I believe... <laughs> I am <laughs> disgusted. I am disgusted. Odd parents that were fairly boy. <laughs> so, um, in that episode, a we got to see like you know the relatively speaking, we got to see the villain of this show and how he came to be himself. And he had the god parents. He was doing well. I forgot what happened. Mm, how favorite what episode, episode could this be? Like I forgot what happened that shifted it. But basically, he was doing so well for himself that they made March 15th National Crocker Day in the episode. But then something went wrong. And well, he turned into who he is. If I'm not mistaken, I think he either took advantage or fell into a situation where he no longer had his godparents. And that's when things went south. And I think that's also why he then went on a rampage. And every time he sees Timmy Turner, he, uh, you know, has his little tantrum. Really odd parents. Really odd parents. I absolutely loved that episode. And I was actually looking to watch it recently. I'm literally and trying that, to like remember it now. Like, I had to like Google it. And like, there's just like this really long synopsis. It's not helpful in this moment. But like, what happened to him, bro? Oh, hold on. Hold on. Because our lovely producer, once again, shout out to Doria Lacey. D Lacey. We 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 gonna have a we gonna have a logo made just for her. <laughs> Delay. So, on March fifteenth, nineteen seventy two, he accident. Ooh, that is what happened. So on March fifteenth, nineteen seventy two, turn this into a true crime podcast. He accidentally revealed his secret oh. about his fairies in front of the whole town. <gasps> Everyone knows. That you don't do that. And because of that, memory erased. It meant in black that man. Pen said, bop out. Yep. But he had an overdose from the memory wipers. Oh. And, and that's, I believe, what caused his little... No, that's actually wild. Like, The Fairly Odd Parents is one of those shows that is, like, such an enjoyable show. But there was a lot of stuff that would happen that you're like, this is wild. Like... They were always messing with Crocker. They were always dropping always. pianos on Vicky. Like, stuff was just happening to these people, and it was not okay. <laughs> At all. <laughs> not okay. Jumping back to that Proud Family episode, I was right. It was Lou Rawl singing, You'll Never Find. That whole episode is great. I feel like the early 2000s cartoon era that, like, we grew up in was mm. peak. Like, the shows had great storylines. They were funny. They had soundtracks. Like, I mean, Proud Family had a lot of great music, obviously. And then, like, you had, like, Fairly Odd Parents, Shiny Teeth and Me, a bop. A bop and a half. Shiny Vicky, Vicky. that sparkle. Dun, 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 dun. Very Vicky, much. Vicky was also a bop. Oh, my gosh. Icky Vicky. We really just grew up on bops. Like, I feel like the early 2000s cartoons were such great episodes. Right. Those are good, like, good birthday episode, like, throwbacks. Like, those are good, like, dang, I ain't seen that in a minute. But yes, good episode. One of my favorites, well, my next favorite episode 
I will be a little less controversial with this one because my final one is definitely a controversial pick. But I don't know if we all remembered, but the Insecure Pilot is indeed a birthday episode because we start the show on Issa D's 29th birthday. You know, she goes to work with the kids. The kids is, you know, being raggedy on her in the first scene. Then the next morning when it's her birthday, she wakes up. And, you know, I have a lot to say about Mr. Lawrence. Um, and we'll get into this on, a, on a, an insecure episode day. Um, I have a lot to say about Mr. Lawrence. But in that first episode, that man was a raggedy bum because it was Issa D's birthday. And this man did nothing. Nothing. And like he even worse, in his unwashed drawers on the couch, literally and that's on the couch. Did. I think that's what makes it like the worst part. On the couch is the cherry on top. Just on the couch. At least Molly took her out to their favorite little Ethiopian spot. Right. There's not even that much. It just was like I just think the episode is hilarious. I think it's like one of the best pilots to me in terms of being able to set up a show in a way where we get to meet all of the characters. We know who they are. We're super excited about them. And then just to have that, that great moment of Issa talking about, you know, I'm turning 30 next year and like, I'm not where I want to be. And I'm in this relationship. And honestly, I don't even know that I want to be in this relationship. And so like having that ability to kind of just like showcase those things and talk about what it is to, you know, being your late 20s and still figuring it out. Like, I think it's just a really good episode. Also, Broken Pussy. Like, I mean, that's just like, what else did I need? <laughs> like, what else? Issa really already gave us so much. And then she gave us Broken Pussy at the end of the episode. Like, say what you want, mean what you feel. But like, I just think that that as an episode, one as a birthday episode, but two as a, as a pilot is just one of my favorite episodes of TV in general. Again. We've talked about this. I have a lot of love for Issa Rae and what she did with Insecure, but I just really love that episode. One of my favorite birthday episodes. Yo, I don't know what it is with the episodes I'm choosing, but, you know, don't look into it. So there's a show, You're the Worst. First of all, I recommend everyone watch it. That is a show about love because it's about two of the worst, most toxic people that I've ever seen. Like, it's, it's the blatant toxicity for me. And they, they make it work. Like, like, they choose each other every day and so in this one episode it's sort of a classic situation where one person is having a bad day and the other person is just present jimmy is the boyfriend gretchen is the girlfriend jimmy is having like a pretty bad day and he's also kind of obnoxious i mean they both are and so jimmy is kind of making gretchen's day worse but she doesn't do anything about it she doesn't say anything about it and then we find out at the end of the episode when Gretchen is having sort of a little breakdown, but to herself, that it was her birthday all along. And I think I liked that episode because I felt seen. Because you know what? I'm not the type to announce my birthday. No, no, no. Either, either people know it or they don't. I'll bring it up. Hi! See, this is... Conversation. I fully disagree with this. We're going to have, this, we're gonna have this, this conversation very quickly. Why mm -hmm. on your birthday would you not tell every single human on the planet that it is your birthday why you know i think i'm just uncomfortable celebrating myself because like again if it came up casually i'd mm -hmm. be able to i'd be able to mention it because like you know but also part of me just insecure shout out user um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> about the fact that like 
I don't know. I don't want people to see me as like attention grabbing, I guess. I don't know. I, don't I absolutely I just... don't care. On my birthday, I want everyone mm-hmm. to know from the moment I wake up, like I am the person, I have a birthday sash. I've had the same one since I was, I think 19, 18. And I, I wear it. I'm literally looking at it right now. Like I wear it as soon as my birthday comes, I'm wearing the sash. I'm wearing the headband. I'm going to get all of my treats and my free gifts and my everything. If I'm at the club, I'm telling everybody it's my birthday. Why? Because I want a free shot. I celebrate my birthday to no end. I was born on the warmest day of the year. And from then on, dramatic entrances have been my thing. So like on my birthday, we go all out. Honestly, if you're my homie, I am petty. I do look to see what time you decided to wish me happy birthday. I do indeed. Birthdays are the best holiday. It's a day to celebrate you. So why would you not turn in? I will also say I I have started turning around birthdays literally since last year. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because I don't know. Did you know? Sorry, real quick. And then and then we'll move on. Did you know that March 15th is quite literally the most unlucky calendar day? The eyes of March. It has an R. Yeah. And I will say personally in my life. Yeah. No. People listening, you will hear about it in my stand-up, but no, I'm serious. The Eyes of March, yo, yo, <laughs> yo. I won't lie, I forgot all about that. Very unlucky day. I forgot. I'm I'm changing it around. I refuse to stick to I that. I am changing. Trying so you won't... every way I so, can. So just to be clear, just to be clear, just to be clear. <laughs> you'll 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 sing the song that was in the Crowd Family episode. You'll sing this I... song. But she won't sing happy birthday to me because cause you would thought. Hold on, I got you. M. We don't happy got time for it. <laughs> let's, let's move on. To you. Happy birthday. To you. Happy birthday. Dear Caleb. And cut. We got it. Okay. You said it to me. We'll just loop. You the said first absolutely time you said not. It. <laughs> he said we're finished Do speaking have, of oh yes you, i have a controversial birthday episode pick we're gonna circle back to twitter's favorite television show of the moment euphoria mm. season two episode four oh, episode, episode of shenanigans as i like to call it i had to rewatch this episode twice because i was so shocked at what was going on but this episode for people who don't know it's the uh, love triangle with Maddie and Nate and Cassie is peaking. Um, and it culminates in this birthday party uh, for our dear friend, Maddie. And Cassie is throwing her this party at her house. Cassie makes her this scrapbook that's so cute of their friendship and all of these things. Meanwhile, Cassie is sleeping with Nate and has been sleeping with Nate since New Year's. And the episode is just like this dramatic thing. I think the the moment that I really love from this episode is there's a sequence. It's maybe about, it might be six or eight minutes long, but it's an entire sequence of Mahalia Jackson's version of Sometimes I Feel Like a Motherless Child. And it's just like this slow, very old movie style montage of like Nate visiting Maddie at her babysitting job and then reconnecting, and then you see Cassie and Nate having an argument about Maddie, and then we transition into the birthday, and Cassie is, you know, getting drunker as she waits for Nate to appear, 
And it's just this beautiful crescendo, like the version of the song that they use, the way that they edited it. Like it is just a really beautiful version of the song. Um, so that whole sequence was kind of insane. Other things that were going on, this is also when Jules and Elliot are starting to flirt around mm. with the idea. And like, mm -hmm. I literally wrote in my notes, I was like, this Jules and Elliot shit is erotic. That is literally the quote of the note because every time Jules and Elliot are like together in space by themselves, like this was like before, I, this was like, I think the episode before, or at least it was the beginning of the episode before they had, you know, kind of crossed that line. But it's just like, ugh. Like I would watch it and I was like, this is so intimate. I shouldn't be here. Like, oh my God. Um, but yeah, I'm team Elliot, Jules, and Rue should just be in a three-way relationship. That's just my hot take about the show. But I thought that that, like, that whole storyline is really beautiful, something super exciting and interesting. And then, of course, the big moment for me, well, the two big moments, um, Cal and him leaving, like when he walks out on everybody. Oh, his little it, breakdown moments? When he pees on the floor and then is literally having a whole, when he's moving around, bop, 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 he said all the stuff, he goes, I'm lonely. What? I think I'm lonely. I, that whole scene, give that man his Emmy. Period. End of discussion. I need to hear nothing else. That man needs Emmy for that performance. Like, I watched that scene and I was like, do I feel bad for Cal? Personally? It's not that I felt bad, but, like, I kind of related. Not in, like, a, like, everything that he was... No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not confessing Clarify quickly, lifestyle. please. But um, in this case, you've been feeling lonely for a while, never mentioned it, and then you finally have your moment of clarity, and what does he do? He laughs as he realizes it. Like, huh, I gotta do something about it. And yeah, no, that's, that's me with a couple moods. But, like, even, like, that whole thing of, like, Cal's in the bar, like he, he leaves the house, he goes to the bar, he finally has this, this moment where he connects with another man in like a way that he has not done in like this emotionally intimate way since high school, really. And then because he's too drunk and he's an idiot, he gets kicked out of the space that has been a haven for him in that way. And then he has to come back to his family and look at this family like he did not want this family in the way that he has it. He was literally like the night that he finally sleeps with his best friend. The next morning, he finds out the girl that he's messing around with is pregnant. I think it's wild. And I think like one of the things that, you know, Caleb, you had brought up when we were texting about the episode was this idea of like, you know, Cal and the way that we're talking about him in the show is, is secretly gay. Like that is like the language and the, 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 the perception of him kind right. of in the episode in terms of it being like, oh, he has this family, but he's gay. And you were like, he also could just be bi. And that because, could also be a thing. Because, you know, when looking at almost all the narratives that always have someone who was either previously or currently with someone of the same sex while they're supposedly married, supposedly in love with a member of the opposite sex or another, it's just okay, you know? I understand in situations where it is very clear. So in a situation with a man who's in a relationship with a woman and he has a secret relationship or had a secret relationship with a man, I can understand why one would say he's gay 
if it's very clear that he is not happy with his wife, if it's very clear that like him and his wife are only in this situation because of circumstance or something, or like it does seem like he's using her as sort of like a shield from his actual history. But if he genuinely seems happy, if he he seems to love, if if there's no problems in that relationship, I don't understand why we need to put that binary as gay. I think it's part of the homophobia, which is if a man's touching a man, then he's just gay. Like there is nothing else. He's just lying to himself, quote unquote. I don't I don't like that because it's very yeah. limiting. I mean, I hear you. I think in the case of like Cal, though, I think you have to ask the question from what we've seen of Cal, which has been mm-hmm. a season and some change. Have we ever seen Cal be happy? My answer would be no. Since we've known Cal, he's been grumpy in this relationship. He's resented his children and he's been secretly, you know, sleeping with, for the most part, at least of what we are aware of, men and trans women who he still sees as men. I would not say that's true because in that episode, during his spiral, he specifically said, Oh, and just so the audience knows, I do not curse. So when, when I use a letter, bear with me, you know, context clues, you should get it. Um, he says, when he's telling the whole house about what yeah. he does, he's like, yeah, I F woman. I F men. I F this. I F that. There's nothing I don't. So in but that like case. He says that, but like, if we look at the scene, like episode one, when he does sleep with Jules, he calls her a pretty boy and he meets her on Grinder which is why I go with he still sees her as a boy, a pretty boy, but like he still is viewing her at least in like the context of what we're given. And which is why I'm like, again, we have yet to see him positively, at least in what we see, obviously everybody he slept with, we don't see, but we have yet to really see him positively engage in a sexual relationship with someone that he identifies as a woman. In which case I'm like, I hear your your conversation about like bi erasure and biphobia, but I'm like, I don't because know. Also, I might just no. be gay. But like, I think like, and all these are things, right? Like, I personally, like, I'm with you in the terms of like, we are very quick to label men as gay for experimental behaviors or just like, not even experimental, but just literally like discovering who they are or very quick. Like, I think even in the insecure episode with, there's a situation with the bi storyline with somebody and it's like, oh, I messed with a man one time. That doesn't make me gay. Like, there's a lot of those storylines that we're seeing come up in media mm-hmm. um, in the last probably like five or six years, which are conversations we never had, right? Before then, if if we were talking about euphoria in the 90s and Cal had the storyline, Cal would have been gay. There would have been no questions, arguments, whatever. But I think right. now, to your point, like, we can have a conversation about, like, is it by erasure to erase the idea that maybe he could be bisexual? I mean, I think that there's a lot to be said for that, especially when we get the whole, you know, 12 minute long backstory of his life where it's like, he really was in love with this man, but he was having sex with this woman. Right. I mean, like, granted, by the time we meet Cal, he's not happy in that relationship, but like, they seem okay. Granted, he did have sex with his childhood friend. Like that, that was said. Right. I even read here, the first time I slept with a man, his son was in his wife's belly right um yeah probably the older brother that being said as i'm reading the exact script it says here like i'll as in i will mm-hmm. 
Um, I'll F whoever I want, whenever I want. I'll F men, I'll F women. He says I'll F transsexuals, and I'll have a mighty fine time doing it. Yeah. So considering like that uh, present progressive language, I know grammar. Um, yeah, no, I, th- I think it does leave his sexuality to more than just gay. Yeah. And I think it's it'll be interesting. I mean, he kind of like after he peed on the floor, said who he was going to sleep with. He kind of like chucked up the deuces and left and t- said one of you assholes can figure out who's going to clean this up in the morning, which like right. to me is one of the funniest like by lines there ever was. And like he leaves. He's like, bye, everybody. See you around. Like he really I think like for me in that scene and not that I'm necessarily want to humanize Cal for all of the reasons why I don't. But like there is something to be said for like. He had a realization about who he was and what he wanted out of life. And yes, it came a little late. Yes, it's coming after he already has children. But like, I don't think he meant to hurt nobody any more than he already had. Like, he was just like, bye, and just like left. And I'll be very interested to see if he returns in the final episode or if he returns like next season to see what happens to Cal now that he's discovered he's lonely and has made a decision to act on it. Like, I wonder what happens next in Cal's life. Yeah, I do hope to see it. We will see what uh, Mr. Levinson does. But give that man his Emmy. They've all been having great moments. They've been having, I mean, um, I think like the cast of Euphoria in general, like Sydney Sweeney needs the Emmy. Eric Dane, who plays Cal, needs the Emmy. Zendaya very clearly has earned her Emmy for a second time. Yo, three Emmys. (laughs) Give her three. (laughs) Seasons one, two, and three. I don't even know what season three is about, but give her the Emmy for that one too. Right. I'm I'm finished. That's funny. We didn't even really focus on uh, Maddie's birthday. <laughs> we didn't focus on the birthday part of that. Um, but, but that you know, episode is talk. Great. Yes, industry, industry talk. Um, no, and talking about birthdays. Yo, I just want to say, TV set me up. TV, what do you mean TV set you up? They set me up because, like, you know, I had an expectation of what birthdays would be. You know, like, oh, mm-hmm. birthday parties. Um, birthday invites, people being there for your birthday. You know how many birthdays I spent alone? <laughs> Wait, that came out so sad. Hey, yo, like my jaw dropped. Like, are, are you about to have a cow? I'm lonely moment. Like, bro, that was very much. I'm lonely. <laughs> but no, because uh, like, don't get me wrong. My family was there for me. Thank you very much, and I do appreciate them. I do. It's just a lot of times. Oh my gosh! And then also talking about unlucky. A lot of the times I had parent-teacher conferences on my birthday, too, um, which would then result in a uh, reprimanding of some sort. So, yeah, no, my birthday is just, they never really... Were you a kid that had talks too much and distracts others on your report card? Actually, no. No. There would be a few classes across, like, my time in school where one teacher would be like, oh, yeah, he talks a lot. And then my parents would be like, what? That's new. Like, okay, high five. You're being social. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, for the most part, I was, I was very, very quiet. I did not speak. I did not look at people. Then there was me. I was shy until seven. And then after seven, mm-hmm. you know, the lid had come off and it was over from then. I also have a summer birthday. So like for me, birthdays are always like that awkward thing of like planning parties, but everyone's already at summer camp and vacation. Mm-hmm. That was always like a weird, like... Mm. I would have friends there, but it wouldn't be all my friends because some of them wasn't there no more. So it's just always like that weird, like summer birthdays are like just a weird time. Yeah, birthdays for me are also like just a reflection time. Like, 
okay, think about yourself in the past year. And yeah, there's always going to be some birthday tears. Yeah. yeah, the older I've gotten, the more the tears come. Like midnight will come and I'll be in tears. I'm like, what is happening? And I know how this is going to sound. Well, let me finish. One of my favorite birthdays, my dad had actually booked a wedding rehearsal. And I could tell you exactly how this day went. So it started with, hey, after school, we're going somewhere. So make sure you have your nice clothes out. I said, oh, oh, okay. And no one said happy birthday to me. I said, yes, this is going to be a surprise. Um, went to school. You know, that was fun. Nobody stopped by the school. So I was like, okay, they really got something playing later. You know, and then and then we got dressed. We got dressed. We got dressed. We got in the car. Nice building. Fancy building. The, the tables were set and everything. We were the first ones there. Also, just to clarify, my dad is a pastor. So he was actually asked to do a wedding, to officiate a wedding. And so what I thought was going to be a nice little, you know, like a birthday dinner, fancy, as I don't know what. Um, no, no, it was, a, it was a wedding rehearsal for, for somebody else. I wasn't getting married. I wish, maybe, you know. You were like five. Married bro like no okay so the rest of my life i'm i'm happy okay nah i'm i'm kidding a marriage does not equal happiness love does not equal happiness find happiness in yourself before you find a partner but yeah no and so i sat through that little <laughs> wedding rehearsal and on the ride home my grandmother called my dad put that phone on speaker she said it's killed there he said yeah she started singing, happy birthday. And you see all the heads in the car start to turn, start to realize. And it was oh. And the reason why I say that was my favorite birthday. <laughs> hey, yo. Is because people forgot. It just meant that I got to go to Chuck E. Cheese for the rest of the month. No, I'm so serious. Like it, like it kept going until April. I went to Chuck E. Cheese, saw some movies. Was going places. I was like, yes, he was living the dream. And and they gave me stand-up material. What? I just help us, Lord. Um, I don't even know. That's just I just help us, Lord. Um, all right, Caleb. So it's March 15th. As you know, the Oscars are coming up. I think we are like what 12 days out from the Oscars at this point, something like that. Something like that. Do you have anything? I mean, like, we're not gonna do like a full predictions list because mm-hmm. I Quite honestly, I've not seen everything. But do you have any predictions? Anything that you think will win, even if you don't want it to? Anything that you want to win, even if you're not sure it will win? Um, I will say in terms of, because I'm not going to lie, in terms of like best actor, I want Will Smith to have it just because Will Smith. Give Will his Oscar! Right. In terms of best actress, I love Olivia Coleman as an actress. So like part of me is like, give it to her. But then Penelope Cruz and Parallel Mothers. I read the plot of Parallel Mothers and started like tearing at what it could be. So those two I have my eye on. But in terms of best picture, I will say there are some movies that, you know what, depending on the buzz, depending on if one of these win, I'll watch it then. That being said, I saw Dune. I enjoyed it. Uh, If it gets best picture... It is nominated. I forgot. I was trying to yeah. remember. Um, if it does win, you know, I will say it did look like it required a lot of effort. So at least the effort is being respected. Um, Don't Look Up was a movie that I watched. Um, 
<laughs> I personally wish it did more. But, like, it wasn't a bad movie. Right. It just fell flat for me. And I wish that there was more of a message rather than trying to just show us how things are. I do want to see licorice pizza. Um, I Why haven't. Why is it called seen... licorice pizza? Like, that's what's really killing me. It's called. Because it's A24, I'm pretty sure. And A24 just be wilding with, with the, the contents, with the names, everything. King Richard, I do want to see. I still haven't seen it. I still Bro. Seen it. But see, here's the issue that I have with people. When y'all see these movies are on HBO Max for 30 days, you better go put your butt in the seat and watch the movie. I'm going to watch it. I bet it's available to watch now. It's not available, I don't think. They you, need to bring it back. It's not available. I say, I don't think. Because I was on HBO Max recently and I didn't see it. So. Oh, no. I, I mean, it might have been somewhere else. But, but. So, a movie that I did see and would be strongly happy to see when was Coda. Because that movie touched every heartstring of mine. I saw it while it was in Sundance. And, oh, my gosh. I was like, I can't wait. So it comes out again, so then I can watch it and cry because that movie did what it had to do. Coda, and since Coda's the movie that I'm fighting for, let me just describe that one real quick. Um, it's about this girl, Ruby. Her whole family is deaf. That's her mother, her father, and her brother. And they, they run a business. Uh, they run like a fishing business. And basically, they all rely on the daughter, Ruby, to keep things afloat because she's the only one that could openly communicate with people she could talk she could hear and yeah she she ends up finding a passion and she's torn between the passion and her felt obligation to her family and it's just it's really heart-wrenching you're like oh i understand i get it and also just the way they show the lifestyles very touching what about you i'm gonna say straight up give will smith his mother oscar okay King Richard has now become my favorite sports movie of all time. Part of it is because I just enjoyed watching Will Smith in this role. But I think like more importantly to me almost was that the women in this movie, people have a lot of issues with the fact that the first movie about Venus and Serena Williams is about their father. To that point, they executive produced the movie. They were the ones who wanted this story to be told, who worked really hard to get the story told. And so like, since that's what they want and how they wanted to honor their daddy, y'all need to go ahead and let that go. But to that credit, like the women in this film were so good that it allowed Will Smith to be good. Like, I think if any other piece of this movie in terms of the casting was different, I don't know that Will Smith would have given the performance that he gave. So to that point, I want Will Smith to get that actor, that actor uh, award. I want um, Anjanou Ellis. She deserves that supporting actress win hands down one of the best performances I've seen. I just really loved watching her in this movie. So those are my two in those uh, places and spaces. I am rocking with King Richard for best picture. That is what I want to win. I think that it is very possible that other things will win just based on the year and what's nominated in those things. I could easily see Coda winning. I could see Power of the Dog winning, which I have not seen either of those films, but kind of based on the buzz around them, I could see either of those winning, but I, Galen, want King Richard to win. And of course, my girl Beyonce better get mm-hmm. this Oscar for Be Alive. Because y'all not going to tell me that that's not a better song than everything else on the list. You're just not. Now, granted, last year, 
I forgot what my pick was um, exactly for song for the Oscars, but I know I I didn't get my pick. But this year, I'm really feeling like Beyonce has a really good shot. Beyonce should have gotten this Oscar for you know best original song. I'm sure like or not I'm sorry, she should have gotten an Oscar for her work. Like Dreamgirls, I think there was an original song or a new composition. I think of Listen that would have made her eligible for original song mm-hmm. for Dreamgirls, if I'm not mistaken. I think she should have won it then. Like people love to play with Beyonce's pen. People love to play with Beyonce's <laughs> vocals. But I'm here to tell you, Beyonce is that girl. So when she wins this Oscar, y'all gonna be sick of me. Prepare to be sick of me. Cause I'm an active fool when she wins. I watch also, the Oscars like football. So I scream, I cry, I yell at the TV. It's a very active uh, activity for me watching these it, award shows. As it should be. One thing I want to say is a little gift for our viewers. If you want, mm-hmm. look up TNT Boys Beyonce. I'm not going to say anything about that. Just go look it up and enjoy yourself. I'm so unclear. Uh, I don't even uh, know where that went. I'll 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 talk I'll talk to you in a bit about it, but um, no, it is kind of sad though that uh, when looking at the Oscars, we do look at it as a what does the Academy think and not like the actual quality of the movie. But hey, I mean, it is what it is. I think obviously the Academy is like the Academy is the Academy, right? Like these are people who like I don't know, like your lives are just different. So like what us as everyday American people are watching and looking for are going to be different things, obviously you know, being Black people, like, we're looking at very few movies and actors that even look like us or represent us even in this year's nominations. I think Den- I have not seen The Tragedy of Macbeth yet, but I'm very excited to watch it. I'm sure Denzel is great. I'm sure that I probably will be like, ah, Denzel also deserves an Oscar. I just really want Will Smith to get it. So I think it's always that, like, personal taste versus industry standards versus, like, work is always just an interesting conversation to see. So we shall see what happens. We will be doing an Oscars episode. So we'll watch the Oscars and then record our reactions on the next day. And so we'll talk about it then. But um, I'm really hoping that I will be very happy for the cast of King Richard on March 27th. But yeah. All right, y'all. Well, we are at the end of episode two of No Sleep Till Hollywood. Right. We still haven't slept. Um, and you know I will take from my co-host here and you know what I hope I have a good birthday I hope I really enjoy it we will see what the day brings I hope you do I hope you have a great birthday um and yeah everybody so like I said at the end of the episode we are super excited and super thankful for everybody for tuning in it's your girl Galen and you can go ahead and follow me at G Smitty with two T's and four Y's on everything that has an at symbol. And you could follow me at Caleb's subtitles on Twitter. Until next time, we're going to let you guys go. So have a great rest of your day, evening, afternoon, whatever time you're listening. But we will see you for the next episode of No Sleep Till Hollywood. Bye, everybody. Adios.